The time is here. Let's talk some SFO Dynasty Midseason Report. I'm your host, Seabass, with a very special guest. What's up, Seabass? Hey, man, happy to be here. Thrilled to be here as the anonymous GM to talk about this epic inaugural season thus far in SFO. Let's hit that shit. Cheers, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. It's always such a pleasure to sit down with a established manager, anonymous manager in SFO Dynasty. This is the first one we're doing, and I hope it's the first of many. Thanks for being on the show. You know, happy to be here. Definitely been looking forward to doing this for, for a while now. Uh, it's been a super exciting first season in SFO. Already, for me personally, just speaking anonymously, has become my favorite league that I'm in. And I'm in quite a few, but this one is head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, covering this league for the first seven games of the season, it has been an absolute honor. I know my older brother's having the time of his life in dad bods, but I feel like the lucky sibling being able to cover this league of just extraordinary gentlemen. Um, So let's get it started. We're going to talk about team recaps for for the fans. We're going to go into some contenders, pretenders. What does that look like? And then, of course, we might even have an insider... Join us for the 2024 way too early draft, and then we'll finish things off with playoff predictions. Does that work for you? Sounds good to me, man. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So it's been such an exciting season, an inaugural season for SFO Dynasty. I know a lot of owners have never done the Dynasty format before, and it showed on draft night. Definitely. There were, there were some clear winners and losers. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely uh, showed with this, this team we're about to talk about right now. Yeah, let's dive into it. Well, the first team we're going to talk about is just an owner with the tightest core in San Diego. Tight core is anonymous. He, no, this is not the anonymous GM, by the way. <laughs> two different people. Somebody else, yeah. Tight core is anonymous. They're three and four to start the year. Talk to me about their draft night. I know you were in the war room with a couple of the GMs that night. Yeah, I was, I was in the war room with quite a few GMs that night. Um, so Tight Core's Anonymous, his heart's in the right place. His head is not when it comes to managing this team. He's, it, had, he's had a couple tough breaks with some injuries. He, he did a trade that everyone in the league knows about. Trading on draft night, multiple picks, two with Tagaviola, Mike Evans, all for Justin Fields. Yeah. Talk to me about it. So far, so far, that's been an ugly trade. Um, he's definitely probably wishing he had Tua as his quarterback right now, not Justin Fields. And because this owner, uh, this GM, or I should say, made this trade draft night, it's kind of deterred him from making other trades because now – He's not worried about making his team better, per se. He's more worried about winning a trade. You know, he's too afraid to lose a trade. That's why... A little bit of scar tissue there. Yeah, just my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, he's 3-4. and four. He's still right there in the hunt. If you look at his points, it's it's actually been pretty impressive. He, he's fifth in points, um, which I think matters a lot. And, you know, his expected record's even 4-3. and three. You know, but you got to think he's fifth in points because he did have Justin Jefferson for the first couple of weeks. You know, last couple of weeks, he hasn't had that weapon on in his lineup. And you can, you can see in the, in the results, you know. I think he's lost two two in a row. Yeah, he's lost two in a row after winning three straight. Um, he also has a Monra, third best wide receiver room. But there's definitely some gaps to fill here. I think this team, while it has a really good starting roster, the depth has been a concern, especially with some of these injuries. And what does his future look like? Doesn't seem like he has a lot of draft capital. Not yet. He's gonna have to figure out if he's gonna be a buyer or a seller at this deadline. I'm excited to find out. So, Seabass, I'm looking at this awesome midseason report that you got laid out, and it says that Tycor's Anonymous has the third best wide receiver room in the league. How exactly did you come to that number? I'm so happy you asked. I was so excited to talk about this team. I completely forgot to go through all the hard work we've put together here at Picked Off Magazine to get you, the listener, the reader, the best next-gen stats you can get for every single team so we can talk about some of the expected record stuff some of the f- projected final record it pretty much comes down to our high artificial intelligence simulations we've run millions of simulations and we have found that these are going to be right in the 99.9 percentile so pretty much we're just using all sorts of things we can to, to get the best for our readers the power rankings, it's a huge look at your team from a dynasty perspective, not from just this season. So you'll see a lot of people that will have that third wide receiver room. They're, they're talking about, in tight cores anonymous case, Amon Ra, Justin Jefferson. These are young players that are going to be great for a long time. Yeah. And we take that into account when we're building out these stats for people. No doubt. Speaking of youth... Let's talk about some of these trades, or lack thereof, since that Justin Fields trade we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, looking at this awesome midseason report you put together, which is seriously great job, by the way, the listeners right now, if you're looking at the same thing I'm looking at, you're probably just as blown away as I am. But you see that that Tight Cores Anonymous has only had three players incoming and two players outcoming, and it's all pretty much that draft day trade he did for Justin Fields, which has turned out to be a complete and total flop and I mean yeah he's traded for Jerome Ford and Jacoby Myers but let's be honest those are guys that are you know they're kind of flashing the pans perhaps he's just, you know like Jerome Ford he's he's given he's been given a great opportunity he's already out one to two weeks does Kareem Hunt take that job back already Jacoby Myers he was looking good with Jimmy G to start the year Raiders are turning into a dumpster fire Jimmy G's in the hospital I don't know if he's ever going to play football again so McTango exclusive yeah, I mean, who knows? And then he got rid of Tua Tagovailoa, who is looking like a top three quarterback, not just in fantasy, but in the NFL right now. And Mike Evans, who just seems to be the fountain of youth. So all the trades that he's made, which has not been many, he's lost them both, which is holding him back from making trades he should make. It tells me he's due for a win. So talk, so <laughs> Like think, a win in a trade? Yeah. Or a win in a game? Okay, okay. Yeah, a, win yeah. okay a, trade. a win in a trade. And maybe a win in a game. Let's talk about the status. What, what do we see him finishing this season as? I know I have my simulations, but it doesn't tell the whole story from an anonymous GM that is in the thick of it in this dynasty league that matters so much. 
honestly, I like I, I'm looking. I'm looking at this awesome midseason report you did. I'm not. That's probably the last time I'll say, but it is great, guys. Seriously, it's really, really impressive. And I see that you that you got him projected final record at six and eight. I kind of see that too. You know, I see him being on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff picture and kind of finding himself in that no man's land territory, which is a place in the real NFL and in SFO, which is the closest thing you can get to the real NFL. He's in the last place anybody wants to be, and that's no man's land. So we'll have to wait and see. Moving on, we have we have 11 more teams to cover. So oh, really that's ex- exciting, isn't it? Oh, 11 we're more teams. We're just getting going. One down, 11 to go. Oh, my God. Cheers, Cheers. again. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, God. you owe me a first rounder. <laughs> I, would, I would kill to give you a first rounder just because it'd mean I'm in this league. Oh, shoot. That's right. My bad. I keep see, I, you're such a great outsider that I think you're an in, or are you an insider? Makes you wonder. Shit. <laughs> as we're looking at this next team, Tony is dead to me. Formerly known as Tony Tutties, formerly known as Kelsey and the Boys. You don't want to be a player getting named after this team. No, no, you certainly don't. It just means you're going to get traded. Yeah. I mean, they start. Well, or maybe you do want to be a player named after this team because it means you get traded. You're getting traded. <laughs> it means you're getting traded to probably a better home. <laughs> Better home. You heard it here first. Ask Look, Anthony Richardson. Looking at this team, three and four record. They're eighth in total points. They're sixth in max points. So it sounds like the GM just isn't getting the most out of his guys. Mm-hmm. Expected record four and three after our billions of simulations. And, you know, the simulations weren't kind to Tony is dead to me. Projected final record of five and nine. Talk to me about this team. Talk to me about some of the trades they made earlier in the year. I know one was shocking, trading Jordan Love. What do you got for me? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely looking at the players he's sent away and looking at the players that he's received. Uh, I mean, I don't know about – he has traded Brock Purdy, who he traded way before he ever should have traded that dude. I think he traded him before the regular season, unless I'm tripping, or maybe after like week one. I think one. it was like week two or three. That guy is – I mean – quarterback it, for those if anybody's listening who isn't in the league this is a super flex league so we can start two quarterbacks which means quarterbacks are gold yes they're everything so i'm getting rid of brock purdy for i think just mike evans yeah an old mike evans yeah who he's also gotten rid of since then he got rid of anthony richardson who if you watched them play at all this year before the injury absolutely electric player travis kelsey speaks for himself i mean dating taylor swift god and then look at who he's gotten james cook is it safe to say he's Jameer the least Gibbs? patient owner in the league? Uh, I wouldn't say least patient. He has balls. I got to give credit where it's due. He has he has balls and he's and not balls af- matter. He's not afraid to make moves that let's be real, some of these moves could still pan out to make him look really smart in the long run. I mean, he, running backs are everything. And he has the best running back room in the league. Number 1 in dynasty. That means he has Young talent. He has B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. James Cook, who there's still so much upside to that talent, to that football sure, player. Sure, sure. So it sounds like you're you're in on this team. You're in on what he's trying to do here. Do you see a playoff build in their future? I see, I see a future here. I see a good future here. I'd see a better future here if he never got if he never got rid of Brock Purdy or Anthony Richardson. 
this but year. But he made those moves to win. He did. But he doesn't even have his first-round pick this year. So I actually have an insider scoop. He is a bit of a, a, a roller coaster going up and down. But I have on good authority that this owner doesn't care about draft picks. Inside info, he actually thinks they're worthless. Pixie dust is what I've been told. Damn. I mean, maybe that helps explain why he's ninth in draft capital. He's, he's selling that pixie dust for players, and it shows. Maybe it just takes him more time than others to evaluate players. Maybe he can't evaluate them at the college level before they go pro. Maybe it takes him some time to see these guys in the pros, he and then he makes them. a decision. Yeah, which I don't is hate an interesting that. tactic. Yeah, it's fine, because you know what? Having these draft picks is cool and all, but you got to pick the right players. So if you don't pick the players, draft pick ends up being totally fucking worthless. Well said, well said Mr. Anonymous. So talk to me a little bit. I had him at five and nine with my simulations. You you buying or selling that? I think he probably gets more than five wins this year. I'd have him at honestly seven and seven. Seven and seven. That could be good enough to get in the playoffs. In the, it could be good enough to get in the field of six, but it could very well not be. Yeah. So we're gonna have to wait and see. Moving forward, we have a team that I can't stop thinking about. This guy's good. I wake up. <laughs> this guy's really good. I wake up in cold sweats thinking about how he's constructed this team. Not only are they efficient, but they're sexy. Yeah. Not as sexy as another team I know, but they they can play. And we're talking about the token North County kid. This is a team as a as a as a GM also in this league. I look at this guy's team. I look at his future. I look at his draft capital, and I see everything I've done wrong. And I see so much that I can do right when I look at this guy. Because this guy is the blueprint for how to win an SFO. This guy is on a fast track to winning that inaugural championship, in my opinion. Now talk to me about this league formation. All these teams are getting built. We're bringing the best owners from across the world all into one league. It's SFO Dynasty. Yeah. Did he fly a little under the radar during draft day? Yeah. Yeah, you, you could say he did. You could you could definitely say he did. I mean, the guy drafted one heck of a team, and he's also made some, some really good, some smart, good and like super fair trades. I mean, you got to think about what this guy did on draft day. And did he aggressively do this, or did it fall into his lap? He drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba in in the draft, and somehow, some way, that player was probably the most coveted player of the preseason in SFO. JSN, he ended up flipping, getting, flipping JSN for Devontae Adams, who, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been watching, is still a top three, top five receiver in this game, and I don't see him slowing down for at least another three years. Jackson Smith and Jigma, I don't think his in Jigma, I don't think he's caught for over fifty yards yet this year. I think he got it last week for the first time, but he's definitely a win. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's a win later player, whereas yeah. Devontae Adams is a win now player. I mean, he's first in points in the league. He's uh, one-time member in the 200 club. Only one other team is that. He was damn close another time. This team was expected to go 7-0 and with our simulations. And we have him finishing at 11-3. and I mean, I just... Number two in starter rank, number one tight end room. This guy that flew under the radar on draft day is taking the league by storm. Yeah, I mean... 
no doubt the guy's the guy's incredible. I for, also forgot too that he had Stefan Diggs for a little bit, but he traded Stefan Diggs for Travis Kelsey. Because yeah, I was looking at your uh, what his wide receiver room rankings, and I was like, how could he be ninth when he has Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams? But boom, I just remembered that, and that's another great trade because then yeah, maybe he sacrificed having the fourth or fifth best wide receiver room, but now he has the best tight end room in Travis Kelsey, another guy who doesn't look like he's slowing down. He definitely ain't slowing down off the field as he's currently dating the biggest pop star. <sighs> Shit, forget that. The biggest star in the world in Taylor Swift. Yeah, it, it, it's just all going right for token North County kid. Yeah. He, I mean, he scoops up David Montgomery. A lot of people know my brother. Has the DMOS, David Montgomery Appreciation Society. Shout out, Miles. And by the way, David, if you're listening, get well soon, man. We're always thinking about you, yep. Dimas. Um, he's just—he's had a great start to the year. Talk to me about the rest of the season. How do you think it goes? I think he's—I think he's playing for a championship. That's his floor. The inaugural championship. Yeah, I think he's the worst case scenario for him is he gets second place. Wow, big words. I don't think you're crazy. I think this is—he's proven that he's one of the best teams. And let's just keep talking about some of these other players. Oh, I know you here have. Here we go. I know you know this owner. Yeah, unfortunately. Personally. Yeah. Uh, I obviously don't want to give away. But let's talk about the hard bodies. Yeah, I mean, look, this guy, I look at his team on draft day and I look at his team now. Right place, right time. How in the world did this guy. Savvy. How did this guy get Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow to be his. Current day quarterbacks one and two when the two quarterbacks he drafted were Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson, who, unless I'm tripping, have probably been the two biggest disappointments thus far this season at the quarterback position. It's the biggest flip in league history. I mean, I've been covering fantasy football for 37 years, and this is the most incredible turnaround I've seen an owner do in a dynasty league, no less. This is guaranteed. This is guaranteed for the next 10 years. Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes. Let's talk about that Pat Mahomes deal. I know it happened earlier in the season. My, oh my. How, like I said, right place, right time. How he was able to get away with that deal. Hey, I'm a businessman myself. I get it. He did what was best for business. And my, oh my, was it. Kudos, hats off to him. Kudos to him. He's a savvy, savvy dude. I have it on good authority that that Joe Burrow deal only gets done if you're at the field downtown after a Padres game and a couple Guinness are drank. Yeah, I heard there was about 8 to 15 Guinnesses Guinnesses drank that night individually. And that's just how excited the people were to get a deal done. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Is there anything better than talking fantasy football, talking SFO with some owners you know? No, there's nothing better at all. And honestly, I'm just looking right now at the trade that ultimately got him Pat Mahomes. Deshaun Watson and two first-round picks. Dude, like, didn't Jalen Warren go for more than that in our league? Jalen Warren. Or my league. Sorry, you're not in the league. Yeah, Jalen Warren went for a first, I think. And I think there were some, some more alcoholic beverages involved in that one. We're going to have to look into that. Insane. But, yeah, I mean, hats off to the hard bodies. Credit where credit is due. Did he, like, was this a part of his master plan? Do I think he's that smart? No, I don't. I just think he's right place. So you think he's an opportunist? 
He's an opportunist, but you know what? Who gives a damn because it's working out for him. He's and a the tall guy has opportunist. A good roster. But he does have two wins when he just scored 109 points. So And that matters. Once again, right place, right time. Yeah, right ha- week, right opponent. I'm happy you brought that up. He's he's five and two. He's sixth in total points, fourth in max points. He has an expected record of four and three after all our simulations or billions yeah. of simulations. And projected record by our team, nine and five. So we definitely see a little bit of regression here. We think he goes back to the norm. He has had some squirrely wins, but at the end of the day, he's made some deals to get two franchise quarterbacks. He already has that tight end with Mark Andrews. I think he's playing just bombing gouge ownership right now. Get the good pieces and then figure out the rest later. Yeah, the guy the guy's got some balls and he also knows what he's doing like you said, dynasty veteran. He's played like it so far, but I don't expect him to be too much of a dominant force this year or in years to come. But he's got an okay team right now, especially at the quarterback position. But So you I think see his best days start, are behind him? I think all he has currently and ahead of him are pretty solid days. Solid days. Solid days. But as it stands right now, he's still starting dudes like Jerry Judy in his lineup. And that is something that doesn't win you championships. That shit can't last forever, playboy. <laughs> that shit can't last forever, playboy. So we'll see what How happens. How much longer does Derrick Henry have? Let's Who the fuck that. is Rashad White? <laughs> That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Thank you for, for your... You are, sorry. Sorry. Thank <laughs> you for your honesty. <laughs> hey, nothing against hard bodies only. He's a nice guy. I'm just being real about what's occurred with his team. And that's why we protect your anonymity. He's five and two. That's why I'm anonymous. He's yeah. five and two. Congratulations. Good luck moving forward. Are we done with this guy? We, we sure are. Let's, let's move on to a team that, you know, you can't talk UPC without the battle for sexy. Ugly People's Club, as you all might know, was formerly known as the Sexier People's Club. Let's take it to week one. Let's tell the listeners what happened on that week one battle. What were they fighting for? What were the teams? So before I can take you to week one, I have to, we have to take you, you know, before week one. Um, there, you know, draft day, one owner in the league named his team the Sexy People's Club, which is based off a club that this said owner actually is the president of. It's, it's one of the real... most exclusive clubs in San Diego. <laughs> yes, it's a real club. I'm still waiting to get sexy. <laughs> like I said, I, I don't know if I have anything to do with that, but uh, maybe maybe I can, maybe something will happen for you. But so this one owner, he was truly the president of the Sexy People's Club. So he decided to name his SFO team Sexy People's Club. Makes sense, you know. It's a part of who he is. Trademarked. It's a part of who he is as a person. And so is SFO. So why not intertwine those? And this other GM decided to poke fun at the SPC, to poke fun at the SFO. That's how the original SPC GM took it. And he named his team the Sexier People's Club. And the original SPC said, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't happening. There can only be one sexy in SFO. And and we're going to nip that shit in the butt real quick. So week one... Sexier People's Club versus Sexy People's Club. Winner gets to stay sexy. Loser goes ugly. And this is the result. Yep, and as you can see, he's one and six, right? One and six, yeah. So it's not just a name, unless no. he's a method. And actor. it wasn't a week one fluke either. 
Wow. But that based on what based on numbers, results, all that. So the UPC is an interesting team. Um, they're one and six. They haven't had the season they wanted. But I will tell you one thing: they have a couple really good stars, and they have a lot of draft capital. I do have to say this: they are one and six, but their future can look as bright as any other GM's future in this league with the draft capital that they have and even the young pieces they have. He has Lamar Jackson as his quarterback. He has Travis Etienne, who looks like a stud. I'm Zay a, Flowers. Zay Flowers is awesome, man. One of the best picks of the draft, I think. <clears throat> yeah, and then he literally has draft capital. He has the second best draft capital. He can turn some of these guys that he currently has in his lineup into more draft capital. Mm. And this guy, you know, I do know him personally. He... Credit where credit's due. He can scout young talent. He knows young talent when he sees it. So he can make those correct picks to give himself a contending team in the years to come. Yeah, you can see him scouting the young talent with some of those players we already mentioned. But if he doesn't... The question is, can he keep that talent? But if he doesn't... He he shipped A.J. Brown. Yeah. He shipped Adam Thielen. Yep. Can he hold on to this talent if he drafts it? Which that Adam Thielen trade, I mean, he traded him before the season even started. Second rounder. He never, he never saw that coming. Adam Thielen so far is a top ten top, fantasy wide receiver. Top five. Having a, having a great year. He's gonna be in textbooks. But also, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a stayed pat this year when it comes to trades. Really, like not, not too much action. Not too much action at all. He's been loading up on picks. He's made it publicly evident that he is looking for a rebuild. He wants Caleb Williams. He wants Brock Bowers. He wants Marvin Harrison Jr. He wants opportunities at these really good players in the 2024 draft, and he's not shying away from that. And kudos to him for keeping keeping his own first-round draft pick. That's been something that many first-year GMs have not had he's been uh, patient yeah they haven't had an easy time doing that keeping their first round draft i know some that shipped off their first round draft pick day one draft day so i i his future is bright i follow a lot of teams in this league i follow every team in this league and this is one that i have been really enjoying the follow because he knows what he's trying to do he knows it's not about this year. It's about the years in the future. Yeah. And we'll see if he can pull it off. He's patient. He's patient. But I will say this about this guy, and I know him personally. One thing that could hold him back from his team getting better is, one, the fact that he definitely way overvalues Calvin Ridley. He thinks Calvin Ridley is, like, way better than he is. But also, he does have just a lot of, like, ancient dudes Some on his players. team. Can he flip them for anything, and can he accept the fact that in a, a DeAndre Hopkins, you probably if you can get a second round pick for him, like that's a massive, massive win. But he needs to maybe recognize it's time that to sell. he's not going to be able to get a first rounder for these guys who were once great, who might be Hall of Famers. But this is a different game. This is a first year dynasty manager, so he's got to come to terms with with the reality of some of his players. I'll ask you this: Week eleven. Buy, sell, trade deadline. Who does he sell? Is it Hopkins? Is it Goddard? Is it both? Anyone else sticking out to you? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't think he sells anybody. Because I don't think he gets offered a deal that... Yeah. I, I, well, I don't, I don't think he sells anybody because... 
he's not going to get offered a deal that he's going to like. So he's going to say no to he's it. Gonna hold on. Even though these are some players, you should just, at that point in time, you just take whatever you can get for him. But he just doesn't make moves like that unless it's a damn good deal, which that's how he wants to run his team. So hats off to him for that. Definitely, yeah. I, I mean, he knows the assignment. Second in draft capital by our by our rankings. Uh, and he knows that it's a, it's a longer play here. So I'm excited to see what the UPC can pull off. Talking about a, a new team here, a team that after we ran our billions and trillions of simulations, I, I had to recalculate all those simulations to make sure the numbers were correct. Ice Cream Boy, an out-of-towner. He's not living in San Diego yet. And his, he's 3-4, and four, but our projected final record actually has him winning out 10-4 and four and making the playoffs. I know his team's older, but he has a lot of star power, and he's had some savvy trades to get some players. The guy started off the year pretty bad. You know, uh, it looks like he started off one and three. Some people, maybe even including myself, thought he was going to be a seller. One and four, yeah. One and four, yeah. Right? One and four? No, one and three. One and three. One and three, yeah. So I was just looking at the midseason report that sure. was so beautifully done by you. I mean, I'm sure but I'm sure you're tired of it at this point. You probably looked at it so many times, all the drafts, edits, everything, everything. It's a big everything. operation here. But yeah, ice cream boy. I mean, dude, the guy stayed patient. He had I mean, he had he has Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was out the first four weeks of the season. Cooper Cup comes back and guess what? He's Cooper Cup. He's also made some really, really good trades. Got, got Adam Thielen oh, for yeah. a second, who is such a great piece to have this year. Is he a great piece to have in the future? Who knows? But damn it, we're riding high with him right now. I got a Thielen. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. I mean, he t- that was another right place, right time. This is a business league. There are business outings. Sometimes the guys are out and about at the command center. And deals get done. Deals get done. And, and photographs are taken. Yep. And that day, a deal got done for Saquon Barkley, who is Ice Cream Boy's boy. He's been building this team really, really thoughtfully. And it's showing off. He's third in starter rank. He's fourth in the RB room. He's got some draft capital to play with. He's, he's a team that is lurking and... I wouldn't be surprised if they find themselves in that championship game. I, I don't know about championship game, but I will say this. It's, he's trending upwards. I see him making the playoffs probably. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> he looks good, yeah. I know depth's a concern. I know people are probably going to point out Baker Mayfield, Trevor Lawrence. Is that enough to get it done in a two QB league? I think we're going to have to wait and see. Moving on, we got a team that I have been following very closely, and I quite simply can't put my finger on what they're trying to do. We're talking, of course, about Sweaty Pits Anonymous. You ever forget to wear that deodorant? It's a little sweaty. That's the kind of team we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, this guy, an experienced dynasty owner, I got nothing but respect for him. And to be quite frank with you, I'm jealous of him. He has Puka Nakua he's, on his team. He's Puka Nakua. And correct me if I'm wrong, you might know because you, you like covered the draft. It's everything. Did he take him in the draft? Yeah. 
like that's it. That's with a the, veteran. With, that's, with the last pick in the draft. That's a veteran dynasty player's move. Like he literally. Are you kidding me? Puka Nakua, who is I believe the fourth best wide receiver in fantasy right now, according to Sleeper's rankings. Yeah, and he yeah, took he him took in the eighteenth round. My goodness. So he's sharp as attack. And that right there tells me that what do I see? Okay, so he has the sixth best draft capital. So like you know, right in the middle of draft capital. But the fact that this dude took Puka Nakua in the 18th round of the inaugural draft we had, that tells me this guy knows how to draft in dynasty football leagues. This guy knows how to scout younger talent coming out of college. So this is a guy, it might not be it for him this season, but he could potentially be building to a three, four, five-year dominant run at the top of this league. He has an eye for talent. Some might say he has a vision for talent. Talk about Kyle Pitts. Talk about T. Higgins. I know Bryce Young hasn't had the start he expected, but he also has Josh Allen. I agree. I think he's not doing it right now, but it's a matter of time before he does. 2-5 and five record. Expected record wasn't kind to him, but he has some pieces that matter, and he has that capital you're talking about. I think brighter days are in the future. He's had a couple savvy trades. I know he got rid of DJ Moore. I know he got rid of Deontay Johnson. But Christian Watson's a great young player. Pat Fryermuth is a tight end of the future. You pair him with Pitts. I mean, we're going to have to check back on this next year and see see where this team's at because I think it's going to be up. This guy's for sure trending in the right direction. And if I'm not tripping, I'm pretty sure he has. he also has his first overall pick this year. He does. So – He's this, a relentless bargainer. Yeah, so I mean, this guy could, who knows, he's 2-5 and five right now. He could lose out, and he could have that first overall pick. He could take Caleb Williams. Wouldn't that and, be something? Oh my God, he already has Bryce Young and Josh Allen. He can only start two out of three of those dudes. I'd imagine he's going to want to keep Caleb Williams or not. But this guy can flip any of his quarterbacks. I mean, I'm an, I'm an anonymous GM. Guess what? I would take Bryce Young. I like what I've seen. So... You know, he has opportunity to rebuild this roster and honestly rebuild this roster fast. I think he's a viper who's just waiting to strike. Yeah, I agree. I I have it on good authority that he hasn't been able to take his eyes off Justin Fields, even throughout some of the struggles he's had this season. We'll see what he tries to do. I I get it. He's a Bears fan. For those listeners, this guy, I know him personally. He's a Bears fan. I think he should stay away from Justin He can't get off the stuff. He's never gotten on it, though. Not in the SFO. He's only talked about it. He's only talked about it. And we all know in SFO, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and deals. And their deal isn't a deal until it's in the inbox. An anonymous GM that's not with me has told me that before. And he's a very smart man. So how do we think this team finishes out? Two and five. Give me their final record. I think Sweaty Pitts Anonymous is on the clock. I think they lose out, get that pristine number one overall pick. For the vision. And he does something beautiful with it. Yeah, he's a maestro. He does I'm excited to see with it. what the pits are what the pits do here. So we'll take a look on this rebuilding team, and we're going to have to check back with them, maybe with an off-season pod. My, oh, my, oh, my. Live from the Spring Summit. 
Can I, hey, Seabass, you mind if I take this one? I'd, I'd take it away. Next up is one of the best-looking fantasy football teams on the planet. Yeah, that's right. It's the Sexy People's Club. A name that was not given. A name that was earned. And it's been earned time and time again every time we take the field. Because win or lose, they always stay sexy. Sexy People's Club. I know that fans across the world admire this team. Hey, look, you look at this team. Yeah, it's a little top-heavy. There's not much that they have there's not much that they have on the bench, but when everything is humming, this team is boom, boom, boom. And when you're sexy, you don't worry about the bust. Well, <laughs> depends, I guess. <laughs> but- oh, anonymous GM, you cracked me up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this team's are three and four. I know that they've had a couple of bad injuries. Aaron Jones. Not yeah, not there not yet. Ideal. Debo Samuel looked great to start, but at the end of the day, and it, it is very unfortunate that like what happened with their tight end position, sure. how they now have to start Darren Waller, you know, weekly, which you don't wish that upon any team, but yeah. it's the reality, and they've been. I know you're close with that owner. Do you know? Can you talk me through the Laporta trade at all? I can't speak much on that. Respectfully speaking, I can't talk much on that. Of course, of course. <laughs> but but I'm happy but to talk. But we can talk about Garrett Wilson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, some of the cornerstones of the Sexy People's Club. Mike Evans, the newest addition of the Sexy People's Club. The Fountain of Youth. I see that you uh, that uh, you actually have the, uh, the Sexy People's Club wide receiver room ranked as the best wide receiver room in this league. Do you want to elaborate on why you got to that conclusion and how easy it was? I will say we've run billions and trillions and quazillions of simulations to get to the bottom of each room for the position. And I think just having Garrett Wilson, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Jamison Williams, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper – that's going to get you the number one room in the league. And it's a sexy wide receiver room. I know that the owner knows that you can't start every single one of them. But to him, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's just sexy. And maybe you don't need running backs. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. It's as simple as that. And with all the depth that this GM has at the wide receiver position, can he find a deal out there that works best for him and the opposing party to get him that running back or running backs that he needs to help make his team more complete for today and for tomorrow and to also help the suitor get better at the wide receiver position? Because I think that's what this owner, or should I say GM, is all about, making fair deals with every member of the SFO. Of course. I think he's known for that around the league. Um he has, as an anonymous GM, he has a reputation for being very easy to deal with. And classy. Yeah. Yeah. And handsome. You could say that. <laughs> well, I guess maybe the word would be sexy. Maybe sexy. Yeah. Talk, so talking about sexy, I just wanted to talk about their quarterbacks. I know they have Dak Prescott. Um, they also recently made a trade for a younger quarterback, right, who is a rookie this year, just got injured, Anthony Richardson. 
That's right. A huge trade. So as you can see, the Sexy People's Club doesn't have much draft capital at the moment. As you know, in this league, anything can change at any given moment. Oh, I know. Draft capital comes and goes. Isn't that right, Steve? players are forever. Exactly. But, you know, the way I the way I see it, hey, if you're the Sexy People's Club, your 2024 first-round pick is Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, there you go. Boom. So How's that for draft capital? Do you, do you look at this team being an anonymous, unbiased <sighs> GM? Do you look at this team making the playoffs this year, or is it more of a next-year play? I think the rest of this league better hope this team doesn't make the playoffs because if this team makes the playoffs, they can go on to win the whole fucking thing because this team is boom or bust, and guess what? When you're boom or bust, you can boom, boom, boom three weeks in a row, and that's all it would take to win a championship in the SFL. An inaugural championship. Exactly. And also, I mean, this is a GM. He's got balls. He's not afraid to make moves. As you can see, he's made a lot of transactions, he maybe sure the has. most in the league. Yeah, I mean. Some good, some bad. Everyone will always remember the Jameer Gibbs deal. Two first-round picks for Jameer Gibbs minutes after the trade, con- after the draft concluded. Uh, Jameer he's, Gibbs he's no helped, longer there. Jameer Gibbs helped him get Anthony Richardson, though. So that's the way this SPC runs. They run sexy, they run hot, and they run off what they believe is best in that moment. But they don't run good since they don't really have any running backs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk yeah. about the next team. Well, let's talk about him. Mr. Number One. When he walks in a room, everyone knows. Of course, we're talking about thick thighs, save lives, also known as TTSL. This guy I can say from firsthand experience, if you want to get a deal done with him, don't text him. If you want to get a deal done with him, don't call him. If you want to get a deal done with him, don't email him. If you want to get a deal done with him, meet him at a dive bar. Probably, preferably, in Ocean Beach or Pacific Beach. A beach. Find, this, him, find him by the water. In this beach town. And shake his hand. And a deal will get done within a matter of minutes. This guy is... As cool as the other side of the pillow. He's smooth, man. Oh, he's awesome. There's and he's easy no to deal with. No reason why he's Mr. Number One. He's easy to deal with. He's easy to deal with. He knows what he's doing, I think. <laughs> he's Mr. Number One. He loved being Mr. Number One in the inaugural draft so much that he's going to try to do it again in the rookie draft. Currently 0-7, but this is all by design, it looks like. I've been around the league a lot. I've been talking to multiple GMs. He is stockpiling picks. He traded away Patrick Mahomes. He traded away Saquon Barkley. He traded away Jamison Williams. All to stockpile four first-round picks in the 24 draft and two more in the 25 draft. He's locked and loaded. He can buy players with these. He can draft rookies. Where do you think he goes from here? Who... The fuck knows. He's and a wild card. that answer is only based on the fact that I know this GM personally. Who the fuck knows where he goes from here? But I'll tell you this. Wherever he's going, I kind of want to go with him because it looks really fucking fun. It looks fun, right? Four first-round draft picks, and he can turn them into players. And he also has one of the most electric... Slam dunk draft picks, say it. Yeah, I mean, out of the park, should have been number one in overall pick in the real NFL draft. 
quarterback, Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud. You talk about a franchise player. He's got him. And he also might be able to pair C.J. Stroud with a certain Caleb Williams if he gets that pick. How crazy With a be? certain Drake May if he gets that pick or if he wants that. And then are we sitting here three years from now in 2026 talking about this guy, Mr. Number One, having the best quarterback room in SFO and not hard bodies only? We're going to find out. He's, he's one of the most captivating 0-17s I've ever seen in my life. That's the cool thing about Dynasty, too, as a first-year Dynasty player. like You can be 0-7 and be excited and be into it. Be wheeling and dealing. Totally. Yeah, you'll see his power rankings. He's mostly at the bottom except for that QB room and draft capital. He has a plan. He's working towards that plan, and I'm excited to see him see it all the way through. Yeah, I, uh, I wonder if he's going to be using that draft capital or if he will be – Trading it away for current players. For, for proven players? Yeah. Yeah, I think the whole league's trying to figure out what his plan is there. Um, but with all the assets he has, this is the most important time in his franchise's yeah. history. Like, this is it. So, just to button this one up, August 2024, we're at the rookie draft. Does he have the number one pick? No, because I already predicted that uh, Sweaty Pits Anonymous would. Okay. Probably, he honestly has like the second pick. Second pick. Second pick. And we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does maybe when we're talking about the draft in a little bit. Yeah, exciting stuff. Okay. Working our way through all these teams, we give them all exclusive talk-throughs. We love talking SFL. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, once again, hey, Seabass, I'm super thankful and grateful to be here, represent the SFO as the anonymous GM for your midseason report so far i'm having a total blast um and this has been great and i'm excited to keep getting into it, it looks like next up we have the guy who started this league the founder of the sfo the the co-founder co-founder that's the, right the, yes the commissioner commissioner w much has been made about his antics on and off the fantasy league it's noted that he got his close personal friend, Scott Hansen to announce the draft order. He bleeds SFO, although he makes a lot of close-to-the-heart decisions when it comes to managing his team. Gentlemen, <laughs> it's time. So, yeah, as an anonymous GM, I definitely was there. I remember when this, when this GM, Commissioner W, co-founder, got Scott Hansen to reveal our draft order and it was the coolest thing that i've ever been a part of uh if this guy was here right now i would thank him yet again for doing something so freaking cool and he set the tone right away that sfo is going to be a serious ass league and so far based on commissioner w's start he's a serious ass franchise because he is six and one and he's scoring hella points every week and this guy's on a fast track to a championship it looks like you know, that's what a lot of people are saying. They're saying his team is built to win. They have a lot of good players. But to me, I'm looking at it. He's 6-1. and one. His expected record's 4-3. and three. You see, I, I got to be honest. I don't know if I agree with that. Talk expected by it. who? The naysayers? By my... Expected by, by who? My, the haters? My billions and trillions of simulations. All right, then. All right, then he's expected to be 4-3. and three. <laughs> Okay, look, I'm just... Are you saying my mouth's wrong? 
No, I'm not saying your, your mouth or your math. Math. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. Um, look, I think this guy's got a great team. Um, he's very close. He was close to getting to the 200 club week three. The guys made some good moves. Jordan Addison is really starting to come along. He's thriving, thriving with Justin Jefferson's absence. Chris Olave, yeah, he got arrested for speeding, but you know what? Sometimes you want your receivers to be fast. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, sometimes you absolutely do. Yeah, Kamish, I mean, he he's done a ton of trades. Definitely one of the top in the league. He He's traded for Geno Smith, then he traded away for Geno Smith just to trade back for Geno Smith. Which you got to kind of love too, right? He just can't stop thinking about some of these players. If you get rid of it, hey, I'll say this. My mom, I don't want to get talk too much about family and stuff, but my mom, great, great person, Angel. One time she fostered a dog. And then that dog got adopted by another family. My mom was so broken that the dog got adopted by another family. She asked for the dog back to adopt it herself. Wow. And, and she got it back. So that's Gino very... Geno Smith is Kamish's dog. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, they go way You back. said goodbye, and then it made you realize just how much you should have never done that. Yeah. And you did whatever it took. Or, sorry... <laughs> CBS. Commissioner W did whatever it took to get Geno Smith back. He sure did. And I mean, that's just where loyalty comes in for Commissioner W. Loyalty, hustle, and respect are what I'm told he cares the most about. And you talk about loyalty. I do know this commissioner personally, and he's always been a massive fan of this guy named Sam Darnold, who he literally actually traded for. And it looks like this week, that's when that trade is going to come in handy when he inserts Sam Darnold or Weapon S, as he likes to call him, into his super flex for his current quarterback, Brock Purdy, who's going to be out with a concussion. By the way, Brock, if you're listening, we hope you get better. Get soon. well soon, <laughs> please. Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to Kamish earlier today, and I he was licking his chops at the idea of 14 starting for him again. He's he's always dreamt of having him there. So I'm excited for him, and hopefully it pays off for him this week. And it, and it is cool, too, that, um, I, I mean, knowing this guy personally, like I said, he's probably breathing a big sigh of relief right now that he does have Purdy and Darnold because if he only had Purdy, he would probably be pretty nervous at the fact that Purdy could lose his starting job permanently. Yeah, it's not Sam a problem Darnold. for him. He just yeah. has the Niners. But, hey, whoever, whoever the Niners are going with, Purdy or Darnold, they're going to be good. Yeah. He's kind of just in the middle for most of the uh, the rankings for Dynasty. Seventh in starters, third in running backs, fifth in receivers, fifth in draft capital. Kind of just a young team that's kind of punching above its pay grade for now. We'll see if the luck continues. He's had some really lucky draws against some teams. And if you look at and if you look at Commissioner W's like all of his rankings and stuff and all of the key player additions and subtractions, this guy makes moves. So Everything. He's not afraid to make a deal. Everything is fluid. It's all fluid. It can change any given Sunday, any given Wednesday, any given Tuesday. Especially if you're at the field drinking Guinness. True. Thanks. That's where you make your you make Honestly, deals with Mister Number One at the ocean. Hey, you make deals with Commission. Thankfully shop. or not, thankfully the Padres season is over. So maybe the deals will slow down. Yeah, the deals might slow down during the week. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about where you see him. Is he a playoff team? How do you think he finishes? He's six and one now with seven to play. I mean, he's six and one. There's seven to play. 
you got to think he finds a way into the field of six. He's got a great head start over the rest of the competition. He has a good team. We'll see if they uh, yeah, can. Yeah, he'll be in the field of six, yeah. I think. What happens there? I don't know. Anything can happen there. Anything. That's the best part about this league. All right. Let's talk about a man that some might consider is pulling the strings in the background. Another co-founder. Someone that works in the shadows. Someone that loves drafting eagles and trading for eagles. Mr. Vice. Just when you think that you know the answer, Vice changes the question. He is the orchestrator. He is the puppet master. He's the architect. Of SFO. And it's shown. He's 5-2. and two. He has a bright future draft capital third. Third in points. With all the moves he's made, how in the world did he acquire so much draft capital? You blink and it's there. It's almost like he knows what he's doing. It is almost like he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, pulling the strings in this league. He... He's methodically gone through. Like you said, he's 5-2. and two. He is a contender. I know he has, on good authority, some of his guys. Brandon Ayuk. Rashad Bateman. Yeah. A.J. Brown. Yeah. These are his guys. Jalen Waddle. He will get them no matter what, no and, matter the and price. And let's, let's not even because, well, you don't have to worry about it because you're not in this league. I have to worry about it. His current quarterback is Jalen Hurts, who, hey, regardless of what I think about the man, he's a pretty good NFL quarterback. And the a guy, great fantasy Great fantasy quarterback. And guess who he has on his IR just waiting to come back? Is it this year? Is it next year? You know what? In dynasty football, does it even really matter? No. And he's 5-2, and two, so he doesn't need him this year. It's Kyler Murray. Yeah, so this time forgotten. next year, he could have Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. And with his draft capital situation – I believe that he might own somebody else's 2024 first. Yeah, that's right. So he has Kai Saul's 2024 first-round pick. Who knows what that could turn into. This guy could have Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and Marvin Harrison Jr. He's been a in his patient lineup. owner. Or who's who's that uh, CBAS? I, I think you might know. Who's that one Florida State wide receiver who's Coleman. such a stud? What's his name? Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman. Maybe he has him. Like, this guy is uh, – He's an orchestrator, yeah. and he's patient. Think about the James Cook for Jonathan Taylor deal. Everyone think about thought what, he was crazy. Think about what he got back for Jackson Smith and Jigba, who he traded Devontae Adams away for, but he, he only— He knew he could get more from Kamish, yes. the architect. Yes. Yeah, I think his team's solid. I think he has been a sleeping giant. We'll see if it pays off. There's still a ton of question marks with your Kincaids of the world. I know we got to see what Kyler Murray does. I know Josh Dobbs has been okay. So where do you think this team lands by the end of the season? I think that they find themselves in the field of six. Great team. Great owner. They could win it all. They could not. It's as simple as that. And, yeah. It's a crapshoot. It's totally a crapshoot. But he's put himself in a situ in a position to succeed. Yes, absolutely. For now, for today and tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, we have the 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 bell of the ball. If you ask most reporters in SFO, 
This is a team that has built an absolute juggernaut roster. He's a member of the 200 club. In my eyes, he's one of the best men and owners in this league. Of course, we're talking about Kaisal. I'm just looking at this guy's lineup, and I just see that he has Nico Collins in, and I'm just so, so, so jealous of that. And I'm also, yeah, I mean, he was, he was, this guy's always ahead of the curve. And I also see that he made a great deal getting rid of that locker room cancer, that horrible player and Darren Waller and getting back Sam Laporta. I mean, what a deal he got there. How good is that Sam Laporta kid? Man, he's good. Man, he is damn good. So, yeah, I mean, how, how could you get rid of that guy? <laughs> how, how in the world could you get rid of that guy? This guy, honestly, he's made he's made some great trades. He, is, he has made some great trades. He got Tua. He got Drake London. He hasn't made a bad trade. He hasn't made a bad trade. And he also, like, dude, he took Nico Collins in the 15th round. That tells me, I don't know what his draft capital is at. Because um, I don't have the midseason report. He's traded a lot of assets. So he doesn't have the best draft capital. But he's a win-now guy. But it's, it also tells me this guy, when he does get draft capital, he'll know how to use it. Yeah, He'll definitely. know how to use it. I mean, people are saying that his first-round pick that next year is worthless because it's basically a second. Yeah, I mean— Many yeah. owners are giving him the championship already. No, this guy is definitely the—what's uh, the word I'm looking for? Like the golden goose, the— the hot commodity, the yeah. sexy man. The, yeah. There's the shiny new toy, if you will. Yeah. You know, everybody's talking about Kai Saul's team this, Kai Saul's team that. I was trying to give away Kai Saul's 2024, not 2026 first round pick, and nobody wanted it because they were like, it's Kai Saul. It's not worth it. I was like, bro, it's 2026. <laughs> but yeah, everybody just thinks this guy, this guy's sharp, team is God. But number one starter rank. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Brees Hall. He's loaded. We'll see how everything plays out. I know the Keenan Allen health is always a concern, but he's been balling out this year. No doubt. CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he's, he has some pretty good depth, I think, too. But he's got Brees Hall and Christian McCaffrey, two attacked by Lois, CeeDee Lamb, Sam Laporta, Drake London, Nico Collins, Daniel Jones, who, I mean, ugh. I don't know. I guess it could be better. A Kenny Pickett. Yeah, maybe. It's a mid-off for his super flex. Yeah, maybe he But he's still damn good and winning. It doesn't even matter. Maybe he'll go buy a QB. Wait a second. He has Joe Mixon and Deontay Foreman not even starting for him? My God, if you need a running back, you should hit up Kai Saul. McTangle exclusive. So talk to me about this team. Where do you think their record finishes? They're 6-1. They have an epic battle against Commissioner W. The battle for first place this week. Maybe give me some insight on who wins that game, and then how does he finish his record regular season? Hmm. So let me see. Let me let me get look at that matchup on Sleeper real quick. Um. Man, oh man. Honestly, I think the matchup does favor Kai Sol to get the W over Commissioner W this week, and I honestly see Kai Sol not slowing down the rest of the season. Probably he's the he's a top two seed yeah. for sure, so he'll probably get that first round by. He's gonna finish twelve and two. Or eleven and three at worst, and he's gonna have every chance to win a championship. It's just a matter the inaugural of the, championship. Yeah, will his guys shit the better? Will they not? They yeah. probably will. They stay healthy. Won't. Yeah, that's Always all it question. is. That's that's all it is. And he also, I mean, dude, we mentioned Keenan Allen earlier, but he has Keenan Allen for today and for tomorrow. He's only thirty-one years old. Yeah. 
Don't forget that. Yeah. So we've talked about all 12 teams in SFO Dynasty and what what they're doing, their roster construction, how they've gotten here. Now it's time to talk about some contenders, some pretenders, some dark horses. So, Anonymous GM, if you can, if you're willing, I'd like two contenders, two pretenders, and one dark horse that can shock the world this season. All right. So, dark dark horse. Dark. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna start off with my dark horse. Truly and non-biased. I non-biased. do. I do know. I mean, I as an anonymous GM, I, I know, know you have all, close relationships. I know all these guys. I have so. I, I love them all. Some equally more than no. Not equally. I know. I'm not. I'm closer to some more so than I'm closer to others. Understood. But it's only because you know. But we're all family here in the SFO. Dark horse. I gotta go with the sexy people's club because when this team booms, my God, does it boom? If they get into the field of six, they can win the field of six. They score in bunches, and it's as simple as that. Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, he's coming back. Mike Evans, Dak Prescott. It can be done. Sure. Dark horse. You, hey, you asked for a dark horse. I gave you a dark horse. Now, let's go to the pretenders. Ice cream boy. Buddy, you've had a good couple of weeks, but guess what? You're still sitting three and four. You ain't done shit yet. You're actually still on the outside looking in. So for you to be walking around on your high horse right now, like you've already Do you have won confirmation he's been walking around on his high horse? I, yeah, I know that for pretty yeah, pretty certain. Confirmed. Confirmed. Okay. He's walking around. He's a around high on, horse walker. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So he's a pretender. And another pretender I would have to say is honestly. He's lucky to be where he is, especially with the team that he has. He's a year too early, in my opinion. Interesting. He'll be good next year when Kyler's back. But right now, year. I think he might, he's overachieved a little bit. A little bit of a placeholder team, huh? Yeah, and I'm also hearing from our producer, Kyler Murray is back in two weeks. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So we'll see. So those are my pretenders, and honestly, my contenders – it's going to be Commissioner W. He's wow. got a good team. He's got a good team so far, and they've played their asses off, and everything is looking – I don't know. I, I just – this team's got good juju. Things have been going their way. Things have been going their way. They're like the Vikings last year. They're kind of like the team of destiny. Whoa. So, and then my last contender – Token North County kid. He's got a nice squad, doesn't he? He's just a winner. Yeah. And guess what winners do? He's to, never taken a bad picture. To quote Hard Bodies Only, who we didn't mention in any of those things no. intentionally, sure. but to quote Hard Bodies Only, winners win. Winners win. Thank you. Yeah, no, I I think, you know, we differ a little bit on some of ours. Yeah, I'm excited to hear yours for sure, Seabass. I've been following this league since its inception. And I've just grown to love each owner and each team and the way they do their business. Can't stress enough how good of men we have in this league. Great men, but only one can win. So let's start with the contenders for me. My contenders, I'm going to go with Kai Sol, 
I just think his team is proper, and as long as he avoids injuries, he's going to find himself with an opportunity to win. And that's all you can ask for, an opportunity. And then my other contender is an old dog, and it doesn't need to learn a new trick, and that's the ice cream boy. What? I've... (laughs) I've crunched the numbers. I've run the simulations. And that's right. If you guys have been following my simulations, that would mean he wins 10 straight games to win the championship. Calling my shot now. Insane. So your contender is one of my pretenders. That's right. Moving on to pretenders. Let's, let's flip it again. Commissioner W. Loser. Ugly. Fat. Stupid. <laughs> he doesn't even belong in the same league as the 11 of the Hey, Seabass, Seabass, I know we've been cool this past like hour on the podcast, but Commissioner W is a friend of mine, so if you ever talk about him like that again, things are going to get real up in here. I'm just calling it as I see it. I'm a reporter. I'm unbiased. He's an idiot. Okay, fine. You're not wrong. He's an idiot. As you were. Now we move on to our pretenders. And of course, you have to mention hard bodies only. What are they doing? Devonta Smith? No thank you. He's just got a couple of shiny QBs. He needs to figure out the rest. I think his team's in a good place for Dynasty, but man, he's lucky it isn't a redraft league because that team doesn't have it. And then, of course, another pretender. I think we can both agree. Vice. What are they doing? Getting lucky. Getting lucky. Week after week. Yeah. After bloody week. We've seen this story before. Yes. Your luck will run out. And then, of course, I have to take my dark horse, a team that no one expects can do it. I think they get healthy. I think they get right. And I think that core gets even tighter. Don't. Tight cores. Don't. They find a way in the playoffs. Why? How? The wings Who? of a healthy the Justins. So we'll see. Those are my predictions. Now let's talk about the rebuilders. There's a couple guys that are jockeying for that number one pick for Caleb Williams. Who do you think gets it at the end? Well, I predicted in the pod that it would be Sweaty Pits Anonymous, so... I got to stick with that prediction. I think Sweaty Pits Anonymous ends up getting the number one overall pick. But I don't think that means that any of the other guys who are in the top three, top five, have a bad draft or have a bad future. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they might be the ones. It'll, it'll be a race between them, Thick Thighs Saves Lives, and the Ugly People Club. It's kind of a game within the game that I'm excited to follow. And I'll yeah. be reporting it every week. Oh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. By the way, where can we follow you on X again? You can follow me on X on Seabass McTango, all okay. one word. Awesome, yeah. And I'll continue to deliver the hard-hitting truths of SFO Dynasty, whether you like it or not. It's a fact. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then I think to close it out, we're not going to have time for the draft. I think we're going to save that for another We'll save pod. that for another episode. We'll save that for another episode. It was way too early anyway. Yeah. So let's just dive plus, in. Plus, most of these GMs don't even have a first, second, third – Fourth round pick in the draft next year. <laughs> Sorry, as you were saying. Of course, of course. Let's talk about championships. Give me the your championship matchup and who wins. Okay, so I haven't looked at the playoff 
pre- like predicted playoff bracket yet on Sleeper because I don't look that far ahead as a current GM. But I'm going to say that the championship game is going to be a David versus Goliath battle. It's going to be the sexy people's club, the Dark Horse, taking on the almighty Kai Sol. And I like the Sexy People's Club to win the inaugural championship because you know what? As I have said, just as the anonymous GM time and time again, when you are boom or bust, sometimes you can boom, boom, boom. And that's all you need to do to win a championship in SFO Dynasty. Man, wouldn't that be something if the SPC finds a way to win the inaugural championship? Yeah. I'm sure many people would be cheering in the streets for that. I'm excited to cover it. For me, I think it can only be two teams in the championship, so why not call it like I see it? Two brothers against each other. Ice Cream Boy, Tight Cores Anonymous. Ice Cream Boy wins, and then he walks off into the sunset because all his players are 35 years old. And he retires, and and he takes, and he buys out of the league with his winnings from the championship. Wouldn't that be something? A coward's way out. Fuck him if he does that. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Thank you all for listening. If you made it all the way here, that means you are truly an SFO loyalist, and that means you're paying my paycheck, so I appreciate that. I have to thank my anonymous GM again. Hey, cheers once again, brother. It was an honor to be here. Uh, Always love reading your material in a world full of phonies you're one of the best journalists out there and i know your brother miles is super proud of you so that means a lot thanks Thank again you. and i'm looking forward to next time i'm looking forward to it too let us know how we did find me on x i'm sure we can talk some shop um and then until then i'll see you around